You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. I'm excited to be here tonight. I'm excited to to share the word. The word is always good. Every time I I minister the word, I'm always saying, it's it's such a good word. And they say, you always say that. But it's true. The word is good. It excites me just to to hear the word, to to grow. Um, I have been actually meditating on this way before I was asked to to minister. And I was just like, this is so good that I've just got to share it. I am going to be talking about something that hopefully all of you are familiar with. It's the term redemption. Does everybody know exactly what redemption means? You know what I found out from being a pastor for so long is that most people don't really understand it, even Christians. We understand a part of it, but if you're going to share it with someone, it, it can get complicated. You know, you're like, okay, how much do I need to share? What do I need to, to say? Because, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, people will come up to you and they'll say, you know, well, what makes you think your religion is the right one? What do you, what do you say? Well, if you give me an hour, I can explain it to you. <laughs> that's, that's always the way I, I was feeling, you know, until I heard uh, Pastor, well, I call him Pastor, but he's, I guess he still is, Pastor Bob Yanyan. Anybody know him? One of my favorite, favorite teachers. I was actually privileged to sit under him for a couple years when we lived in, in Tulsa. And, uh, you know, at that time I was a baby Christian. I, I didn't understand a whole lot of what he said. But what I did, it was good. And he always tried to make things simple. And that's what I like about him because I'm simple. I like to turn things around that people make complicated and make it simple. That's me. So am I okay? I mean, I feel kind of loud, but... Um, so what I want to, I want to do is I want to, to give you the message to make it in simple terms. How many believes we're in the third great awakening? It's already started. There's souls out there to be saved and we need to know why we're so excited about Jesus. We need to be able to share it exactly what he's done and why he did it and why he is the only way to God. So I'm going to try to do that today, and we're going to start out in Genesis. But can I ask one of the ushers to get me the whiteboard over there? I am, I love to do visuals, so my drawing is terrible, just so you know, okay? But you'll get the picture, and hopefully you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But I want to go to Genesis, and we're going to start there in chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. And um, this is really, it's about 20, 27 that I really want to focus in on. But let's read it. It said, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, Male and female created he them. Let's look at that part where it says, so God created man in his own image. That word created means to make something out of nothing. So we're talking here, what did God create 
Adam's body out of nothing? Or did he use the earth? He used the earth. So what's it talking about here? It's talking about his spirit man. God created Adam and Eve's spirit man out of nothing. And he did that in the beginning. And I believe that he, when he did Adam and Eve, he did all of our spirits at the same time. Think about that for a minute. That means that we were all in God at one time. We knew him because his spirits were exactly like God. Created in his image. If you get an image, it's like you, you put a mirror up in front of your face. And you have a, a reflection of that. Well... This was the same with the spirit. We were exact reflection of, of Jesus' or God's spirit. So when he said he created man in his own image, he created his spirit. And then when it goes up at the top, it talks about his likeness. The likeness is talking about his body. You know, God has hair, has eyes, has nose, has ears, hands, arms, feet. And we were created in his likeness in that way. But the the image is talking about the spirit. And I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures just to kind of let you see that we were, God knew us before we were ever born on this earth. He had created our spirits. Our spirits were one with him. You know, this is why I think that so many people are looking and searching for God. Because they know that something's missing. Why would they know that? Because I believe they were once one with God before they ever came here. So, I mean, you ever felt that way? I mean, just felt like, hey, I, there's something before you became a Christian, obviously. But there was something just missing in your life. It's because you once belonged and were totally like God in your spirit. So let's look at Ephesians 1.4. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him when? Before the foundation of the world. So if he chose us before the foundation, that means he had to know us, right? Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5 says, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. So God knew us before we were ever put in our, womb, in our mother's womb. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his, what? Offspring. Hebrews 12, 9 says, Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? He's the father of spirits. Are we spirit beings? And we all should know that we're spirit, soul, and body, right? So we are spirit beings. And so God knew us before the foundation of the world. He created us the same time he created Adam and Eve. And I believe, I believe what happened was God, like only God can, put the capability of producing every one of us in the seed of Adam. Without Adam, none of us would be here. Is that true? He was the one that, that every one of us really, if we, we could do the genealogy, we could all trace ourselves back to Adam. Right? Does everybody agree with that? 
So we were all in Adam. How did we get there? Well, God put us there in, in the starting in the seed to where we could all eventually come out. But our spirits were already thought about, already made, already one with him. Except something happened. And we see that in, in um, Genesis chapter 3. Does anybody know what Genesis chapter 3 is about? It's the fall. You're right. It's the fall of man. It's where the devil comes and he, he uses a serpent and he deceives Eve. Eve was deceived. Because in Genesis 2, um, starting in verse 16, I believe, it says that God was speaking to Adam. This was before Eve ever came. And he was speaking to Adam, and he said, you can eat of all the trees in the garden, except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, do not. Do not eat of that, because in that day you will surely die. He spoke this to Adam. And that word surely there means die. So what he was saying is, if you eat of this tree in the garden, you will die, die. You will die spiritually. And you will die physically. You know, a lot of times I, I hear people talking and they think that, that Adam was pretty naive and pretty, you know, him and Eve just, you know, pretty gullible. But remember, they were made in the exact image of God. They were not dummies. They were extremely intelligent, extremely smart. And they knew, Adam knew exactly what God meant. When he said, you will die, die. So Eve was deceived. She wasn't there when it happened, when God gave that command. She heard this from Adam. Because it says in, in uh, Genesis 2.16, he gave this to the man. To the man, that means Adam. So she was deceived, but I believe Adam was enticed was drawn away by his own lust. He heard the words of Satan. He heard the words and he said, I can be like God. See, Eve was, she was already confused because when she was given the word, she told Satan, she said this, she said, um, we can't even touch the fruit or we will die. But that's not what God said. Actually, do you have that up there, 2, 16, 17? Let's see. Um, yeah, because it says, and the Lord God commanded the man, see, the man, saying that of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Did it say anything about touching that fruit? It didn't say anything about touching it, did it? just said something about eating it, Right? So she said to, the, to Satan, though, if we touch it, we're going to surely die. If we touch it and we eat it, we're going to surely die. But that's not what happened. She touched it. She found out she didn't die. So she began to question, is that really what, I mean, did God really say? Did God really say that we couldn't eat of this? She ends up eating it because she was deceived. But Adam knew better. He knew exactly what was happening, and he didn't stop it because he was enticed. And so he walks in freely into disobedience. 
and something happens. But we're going to go into Genesis chapter 5 first, verses 1 through 3. And we're going to see exactly what happens after Adam and Eve died, died. It says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that Adam created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them. He blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son, listen to this, in his own likeness and after his image and called his name Seth. What do you notice there? After the fall, after they disobeyed, no longer was anybody created in God's image and after God's likeness. It was after Adam's image and after his likeness. After fallen man's image and after his likeness. Everyone, listen, it's not our fault, but every single person that has been born after Adam and Eve when they sinned were born into sin with a, with a dead spirit, really. It was dead to God. It wasn't our fault. We can blame Adam, guys. We can blame you, okay? It's your fault we're in this position we are in today because you could have stopped all this. No, just kidding, but Adam could have stopped it, but he didn't. And so what happens is the likeness is no longer after God. It's after Adam. Everybody see that? Okay. So Adam's spirit was dead, so that means that all of Adam's offspring... Uh, will have a dead spirit, and all of Adam's seed are now. Let me try to. I'm going to try to draw on the board. Is this is this the right angle? Let me get a little bit over here, just a little bit. Can y'all still see it? Okay. So, because this this really made me think. This is really simple. Um, I'm just going to draw it. I like stick people. Okay, I can't do any better. All right, this is Adam. Say so this is Eve. I'll put some hair on her. There we go. All right. They were born totally free. I mean, can you imagine? Well, not born. Let's say they were created free because they weren't born. They were created free, free from all fears. How many of you have ever had fears? There's, there's so many people with fears, and I used to be one of them. Fear, bondages, addictions, insecurities, depression. They were free from all of that. They had joy, unspeakable. They were filled with great peace. They were, they were walking and flowing in the love of God. I mean, they had just the kind of life that, well, we're going to have one day. But, I mean, they were walking in a wonderful life free from every bit of bondage and chains. That was how God wants us to be. He wants us to be free. And that's where he's endeavoring to get us to, to freedom. Amen? So they were free. But when they, they were, well, once Eve was deceived and Adam was enticed, they ended up walking into something. Let me just kind of see if I can't draw it. Just a box. Adam and Eve. She's getting uglier as it goes. <laughs> that's what sin does to you. <laughs> Makes you ugly. <laughs> All right, so they walk into like a jail cell. It is a, a slave yard. 
they, they walked right into it out of their own free will. And this slave yard has a master. Satan, who's the author of a sin, that's their master. No longer were they born free, or free, excuse me, not born created, I keep saying that. But they are totally in bondage. Immediately, what's the first thing that happened to Adam and Eve when they sinned? They, they ran from God, didn't they? And they tried to hide because of fear. Fear immediately took hold of them. And so immediately they're taking hold of fear. And then what happens with fear? fear? Fear begats all this other kind of stuff. You get anxiety. You get depression. You get insecurities. You get, you get so many things. How many of us have had so much of that in our lives? And it's no fun. But this is what happened when Adam and Eve willingly walked into the slave yard they became in bondage to satan and sin that was their master and this is called in adam okay um there's a scripture is it uh first corinthians got it wrote down um 15 it says for as in adam all die everybody died because of Adam's choice. Everybody. So let me ask you, I love Civil War stuff. We actually went to a place in Branson when we were there, and it, they enacted a bunch of things. And it was astounding to me how many lies we've been told about the Civil War. But you know the winning side always tells you how it happens. <laughs> and they see it one way. <laughs> and But... During the Civil War times, we know that there was slavery. And um, let me just say this. How do you free? How does a, a, a slave get free? Escapes, runs. <laughs> that's one way of doing it. But there's got to be a, they can have a ransom that's paid for them. Somebody can set price to free a slave or purchase a slave. And so back then, that's how you would get free, is you would have to be purchased. But can a slave purchase a slave? No, a slave can't purchase a slave. It has to be someone that is free that purchases a slave. Now, a slave, you know, can try. They can work really hard as a slave and say, man, I'm going to work really, really hard. And, and if I work hard enough, then maybe I can get free. But the problem is, is that being a hard worker just makes Satan want you even more. So that's not going to free you. You can't earn enough money because all your money belongs to who? Satan. He's the, he is the one in power. So you cannot free yourself through money. You cannot free yourself through works. You cannot free yourself any way because a slave will always be a slave unless someone free frees the slave. So all their children, everyone born to Adam and Eve, which this thing is almost dead, I think. Everyone born, including you and me, one of these is you, one is me, okay? <laughs> we don't look so good. But we were all born into slavery. Every one of us. No way out, because we're all slaves. Can can Muhammad free us? 
Why? He's a slave. Can Joseph Smith free us? Why? He's a slave. How about Buddha? Can he free us? He's a slave. A slave cannot free a slave. So guess what? Is there anyone free? Is there anyone left free to get us out of this mess? This is why, you know, if you take away the virgin birth, then you've taken away the foundation of Christianity. Because without the virgin birth, there is no freedom for any of us. Because no one born after Adam was born free. No one. So, I don't know about you, but I want somebody to to help. (laughs) And that help comes from Jesus Christ. But this is what happens. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the seed of God the Father was placed into Mary. Now, spiritual death is passed on by the father, not by the mother. It's by the father. So even though Mary was a slave and she had, thank you, she had um, spiritual death through her father, she was not going to pass it on. Only the father's seed can pass it on. So the father of Jesus was who? God, and he is free. So when Jesus was This is where it is born free. They were created free. Jesus was born free. So here comes Jesus on the scene. And he was born sinless. He did not have any sin. He was not born from the seed of Adam. He was born free. And guess what? He stayed free. Which is something Adam did. The first Adam did not do. He didn't stay free. He he was created free. He was created righteous and in God's image, but he didn't stay that way. But Jesus did. He was tested like all of us. The Bible says on all points, but he he remained sinless. And not only that, but this Jesus fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law. Every single requirement of the law Jesus fulfilled, including becoming the actual sacrifice. So he fulfilled not just doing the part, he fulfilled the sacrificial part as well. So Jesus comes on the scene. Praise God for Jesus. He comes on the scene, and this is what he does. When he goes to the cross, and I want you to understand something, it's not just about the cross. It's about the resurrection as well. Because Romans, I love this, Romans 10, 9, you can pull that up. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that what? God has raised him from the dead. That's what you're supposed to believe, that God raised him from the dead. Because it's in the raising of the dead that we get back the relationship with God. Without the raising, there's no relationship. You know, that, that's wonderful to have your sins paid for, which is what the cross did. It was the judgment of sin. But the resurrection is what restores us in relationship with God. Isn't that awesome? So what does Jesus do? Give me another piano. Let's try this. He creates a door. 
He makes an opening, a door. A door to the slave yard, a door to this prison. And everybody that is in this prison, which is the whole entire world, can walk through this door. This door is called simply Jesus. That's why there's, there's no other way. There's no other religion that can lead you to life, eternal life. It's only Jesus because he's the only one free. Not just free, but he fulfilled every requirement that God had and that man had. Because, see, God has requirements, but we needed something as well. We needed a man to come and take our place, a, a sinless man. So he had to fulfill that requirement, and he re- fulfilled all the requirements of the law for God. And then when he goes to heaven and he presents his blood to the Lord, because, you know, there's a holy of holies in heaven that Jesus went to, and he had to present his own blood to God. And God accepted it. And, ex- and right when you walk through this door, it's called something called justification. It's an exchange of your sins for his righteousness. That's the call. You ever heard of the great exchange? That's exactly what it is. But guess what? It's not made personal until you, by faith, accept Jesus as Lord of your life. Because it's available to the whole world. But it's not personal till you walk through the door. And this door is what brings you on a whole new level of life. Man, I mean, this is not that complicated when you think of this. This is what I did with my, my uh, family on Christmas. I told them this, how this went, went down. <laughs> I said, if you, if you are missing this, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is the only way. He's the only one born free. And you've got to walk through the door. You've got to make it personal. You can't, I've heard people say this, me and God's got a thing, you know, going on here. We, you know, we, we got to understand and, you know, I'm like, now the, you cannot go to God on your own terms. You've got to go to God on his terms. And everything had to be settled. And guess what? You don't do nothing. It's all free. It's all a gift. God did it all. All you've got to do is walk through the door and accept, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. you got to believe he went to the cross. you got to believe that he died for your sins. But you got to believe that you, he rose again and raised you up with him and, and gave you a new a position seated at the right hand of the Father. You believe that? And then you have a new life, and you're out here with Jesus. This is where you are. He's getting, I need to get it better because he's supposed to look better. All right. But you're out here free. We are free. But we're free because guess what? We're actually in Jesus. We're free because he did it all. He finished it all. We're in him, and we are free. We don't have to have a, you know, this is the thing. We're free from Satan and sin. All sin. This is why people get confused. They say, well, if I'm free from sin, how come I'm still sinning? Where are you free at? 
you're free and your spirit because your spirit, the moment you walk through that door, your spirit was made again exactly in the image of God's spirit. It looks just like the spirit of God. You will never make your spirit more perfect. No matter how hard you try, it's never going to get any more perfect. It is arrived. But the thing that has not arrived is our soul and our body. See, the thing with your spirit is your spirit was made perfect really 2,000 years ago when Jesus went to that cross. You made it personal the day you said, Jesus is Lord. But the mind is present tense. The changing of the mind is present. It's now that we renew our minds. We have to change our way of thinking to God's way of thinking. That's the part that we have. God did his part. He gave us a brand new spirit. He gave us everything that we could possibly ever need in our spirits. He gave us healing. He gave us health, joy, peace, finances, wisdom. Everything you could think of is in your spirit. The only thing stopping you is the unrenewed mind. That's what's stopping us. I'm going to try to do this kind of quickly. But when you walk through this door, the, the, the thing that you get, you get to walk out a life of faith. Because it's by grace. Grace is free. It's all Jesus finished it all. By grace, but it's through faith. Even God gave, us, God gave us the faith even to walk through the door. But by grace, through faith. And when we walk out that door, our whole life continues on in a life of faith. That's, that's the language of the kingdom of God is a life of faith. Everything you do should be in faith in what Jesus has done. You know, starting a church, it's not in your own strength. It's in God's strength. Starting a new family, it's not in your own strength. It should be in God's strength. Everything should be in him. Everything. Because we're supposed to be uh, bringing the kingdom of God here on this earth, and it's by faith. So, but let me tell you what the the problem is. The problem is the unrenewed mind. And I'm going to, my mind, okay, I don't want to, Laura, quit looking at me like that. I can tell what she's thinking. All right, my mind is not blank, okay? <laughs> All right, but just, just say that's our mind, okay? The, the thing that's stopping us is the mind, you know, we have a lot of thoughts in our, that come across in our mind. I mean, millions and millions and millions of thoughts. Well, over the years, we've created some really big strongholds in our minds, from circumstances, from insecurities, from words that people have spoken, uh, just so many different things that um, it's created a stronghold. And what that is, it's called the heart, the heart of your soul. You know, the Bible talks about your heart. You know, there's different uh, scriptures that say heart means, you know, your spirit. But there's also scriptures that's talking about the heart, meaning the soul. So what this means is to live this life of faith, everything has to go through. Your spirit has to go through your soul to get out into the world. Your soul is the point of everything being released. 
if your soul stops it from being released, you're not going to get it. So you, if you've been believing God for healing, if your soul has got all kinds of junk in there, doubts, you know, why would God want to heal me? I mean, many times I thought I was in faith when I was believing for healing and found out I wasn't because I had doubts in my mind because maybe something didn't work out before. Uh, does God really want me healed? Do I need to do something to get this healing? Do I need to go repent another hundred more times? What do I need to do? I'm always thinking of myself, what I need to do instead of leaning on God and what he's already done. So I, what, what that does is creates a lot of doubts, a lot of unbelief, a lot of, of, of stuff that's rooted and grounded in, our, in the heart of our soul. But if we want everything that God has called us to live out in this life, we've got to learn to clean that heart out. Because this is what it looks like with all the thoughts and junk. How many of you ever pulled out your couch and just saw the goop underneath there? <laughs> How would you like to clean your house once a year? What would it look like? It would look like the underneath your stove. When you get ready to move, <laughs> you ever looked underneath, pulled it out, is grease and grime and everything you could think of, and, oh, that's where that is, okay. <laughs> you know, that's what happens to our, the heart of our soul. It gets so full of junk that the spirit man never gets released in the earth. Many Christians go to heaven never experiencing the freedom that God gave us through Jesus Christ, the freedom from fears. You know, to experience the joy and the peace and, 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 you know, the provision, the direction in life. We don't experience it. Why? Because we've got so much clutter in the heart of our soul. And it's not releasing the spirit. This is why we come to church. This is why we learn. We come because we have to clean it out. And many times we'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll clean out a little spot there. And, oh, we'll get some, some little blessing of God and we're like whoa awesome you know God you just bless me and then maybe we'll get it even more cleared out and we'll get a really big something like a big healing but you know what if I don't continually renew that mind if I don't continually meditate on the word of God and I don't continually look to Jesus as my source guess what the words of people the words of doctors the words of uh, all these naysayers are going to get in back into my heart of my soul, and then I, I'll have struggle the next time I need something from God. This is a continual lifetime process that we have to do. We have to continually clean out the heart of our soul. This is how we have the benefits of what Christ has done for us. And once we do, can you imagine what life would be like if we didn't have any of this, it would just be free-flowing for our spirit just to go to town. And guess what? I believe that we're going to get, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, have you ever done speed reading? You know, where you, well, God's going to do something like that for us where we can really pick up things quick. We're not going to take years to learn stuff. This is the season where God is ready to get his church in position because it's not going to be long before he comes back. Now, I know some of you may disagree, but I, I believe it's going to be about, it's going to be another couple 
more generations. So when I say generations, I mean probably my grandkids or maybe theirs. That's what I'm thinking, all right? And the reason I'm saying that is because there's a great awakening that's happening out there, and there's billion souls that God is ready for them to come into the kingdom, and he's giving us time to do that. And he's saying, church, get ready. I want you to be in freedom because in freedom is where the world is going to want to know this Jesus. When you're free, when you're living the life that Jesus lived, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. And we can do that. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. And God is just saying, start meditating on the word. Start believing it. Start doing it. Sister Chris calls me up today, and (laughs) she's so excited, and she's like, all right, we're going to Walmart. We're going to Aldi's. We're going wherever it takes, and we're going to just find somebody, and we're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray for them. And I said, all right, we're going to do that. And actually, I've been starting to do that a little bit that myself because I'm like, we've got to start doing it. And when we start doing it and walking it out, that's when God shows up because guess what? The more you do it, the more goop is gone from the heart of your soul and you're realizing that God shows up every time you do it. Every time. And he's going to want us walking and healing and delivering and setting people free, giving them something that they they know in their hearts they're missing. Because, you know, these people here, you know, back in the, when the Civil War times, when they were set free, there were many of them that didn't go free. Many of them were comfortable where they were at. They're, they didn't have bad masters. They were, they were okay with being a slave. So they stayed being a slave. And many of them weren't told they were free. So they remained a slave for a long time. It was many years before all the slaves were really freed. But you can see how this, this parallels with this because there's so many people that are not walking through the door. Because they're comfortable with their lifestyle or they haven't heard the good news. So we got to be ready for for even for those that are comfortable. We got to be ready for them all. And we got to have an understanding of what Jesus did. Did this make it simple to you? I just thought it was so good that I I just, uh, I meditated on it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I, I still can't get enough of it. Because one of the things I prayed to God long time ago was, God, I want a, a, more of a revelation of what you've done for us, what you did for me. Give me that revelation, Lord. I, I want it embedded in my heart, in my soul. I don't want to forget it because, how I many? you know, when you walk out the door, you're probably going to forget half of, more than half of what I said. But I don't want that. I want to remember it. So meditation, keep meditating on it. Go find Bob Yannion on YouTube and look up redemption, (laughs) and he will teach you on redemption. He'll teach you on so many other things, and plus, we've got a good pastor, Pastor Kent's up there, buddy. He's good, and he's got a lot of good good word that we need to hear. Gospel's good, isn't it? Hallelujah. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.